Welcome to another episode of the Battle of the Lament podcast. I am your host, CJ. And as always, I'm joined by two amazing football minds, Justin and Bud. What's up, fellas? Hey, just happy to be here. You know, just wanted to take part in the podcast. Excited to be here again this week. Go Ducks, go Cowboys, and go Duck Cowboy. Yeah, that's disturbing. And also, downstairs, we've got Taylor the Intern, our fearless producer. What's up, Taylor? We can't hear your voice, but we do like having you on the podcast. We've got quite the agenda today. We're going to talk about power rankings. We're going to talk about dues. We're going to talk about trading, how that all works. We might even talk about a little bit of the league schedule. Let's not forget about rookies, how those impacted the uh, draft, and then the NFL, the NFL draft and how it impacted fantasy football. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, so let's just jump into it, guys. Hi, so you guys excited this week? This is our, you know, this isn't our first. We're kind of like, you know, I got Nicole out there. We're kind of experts now. How's it going? What do you guys think of the podcast? Uh, you know, a couple dry runs in there. We've really tightened it up, pulled things together. The sound effects are, uh, are, are hitting right at the right spot. We've got a few people in the background. Wanted to keep it kicking up here. So, uh, no, excited to be here. Just uh, ready to really, really talk some fantasy football. Justin? Yeah, I've listened to a lot of podcasts. thought they were super easy, and turns out it's a little bit harder than I thought. Take some practice and meetings. So, uh, hopefully we get this one down. Let's do it, guys. So, hey, guys, let's start off with talking about rankings, all right? So, rankings, pretty serious. We had the ranking show like a week and a half ago, very controversial. We had a lot of changes. We know we had some people out there that were very upset. But you know what? Before we get too far into that, I'm just going to turn it over to Bud because you know what, Bud? Going from world champ to seventh place to ninth place to tenth place, kind of embarrassing. What do you think? You know, the, the hip-hopopotamus camp, you know, we had to regroup. We had to pull it back together. Um, tighten up some of our trading. You know, I had to fire a guy because he was like, well, let's just get a defense in the first round. And I was like, that's not what we need. We need to go from 10th to 1st, not from 10th to 12th. So, I, you know, I feel like we've had a great week. Uh, we regrouped. We fired some people. Uh, we hired some new blood. Um, the unpaid interns... They're really showing some promise. So uh, I, I think we're going to really make a turnaround this year. So, uh, like I said, disappointed about the uh, the rankings, but uh, ready to head in the right direction. Okay, so so help us. Can you define right direction for us? Yes. Uh, Le'Veon Bell has not got caught smoking weed yet. So I think a 50-point-a-game average is not out of the realm of possibility. Um, if Andrew Luck can just throw six touchdowns per game to T.Y. Hilton, back in the game. Back in the game. All right. So, hey, Duck Cowboy, for you, you go from two-time Bridge Bowl loser, right? Sorry. To fourth place to all the way to seventh. Seventh place. That's probably the lowest of the power rankings you've ever been. Tell us about it. Tell us how you feel. Collusion. It's collusion. I don't know where it's coming from. I want to back up. I, I, we have a newbie who's been called rookie and BS for quite a while, but I think that the biggest right. winner of, of the rankings last week was his hip drop eponymous. <laughs> that was hilarious. And, I love and that. because of that, and 
and only because of that thus far, I'm going to start calling him by his team name. Hip Dropopotamus. I like it. Bud, what do you think about that? Uh, you know, it's, it's not, it's something we ran up the flagpole. I don't think, I don't think it's brand right for us. Um, you know, marketing says there's too many letters to put on a banner. So we're going to just bring it back to the normal and, um, there will be a sternly worded letter to Duck Cowboy Camp. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. I got to give credit where credit is due. I wish I would have come up with that one. That's what I'm saying. For the first time, I appreciated it out of, out of, out of the camp of BS. So um, good job. Now, in regard to the, the drop rankings of Duck Cowboy, collusion. Okay. Well, I think it's collusion as well that I dropped a second. So, but we'll just skip over that. So let's talk about the bottom four real quick. So let's look at these teams. Let's talk about them. These are the teams that, if the playoffs started today, would not be in the playoffs. So we got Boston Stranglers, terrible team. I mean, horrible. Then we got Hip Hopopotamus. I'm not sure what's happening there. He's got like three guys that are worth talking about, but we're not going to talk about them. We got He Got Me. You know, He Got Me is, uh, he mailed it in starting in week three. And then we got Pursuit of Hoppiness, who actually is factually the hardest working franchise in the league. Is that because, what do you guys think? Is that because he posted a picture of a gun on Slack? Have we discussed the, the gun posting? Inappropriate. That, I yeah. was like, you live in Utah, not Northeast Portland. I think I think you're going to be fine. If anyone, I should be posting that on there just for safety reasons. A good idea. I'm pretty sure he's a beer sales guy in Utah, too. That's a tough gig. Yeah, tough, tough. There's not a lot of beer drinking going on there. No, it's an easy gig because you have to sell four times as much to get the same amount of drunk. It's the huh? same thing as dealing drugs because it's not legal there. They <laughs> <laughs> should open up beer hash bars or something. I don't know what they call them. All right. So then the next kind of the next group, kind of the bottom tier of playoff teams, we'll call it Hawk Attack, Duck Cowboy, End Zone, and Bungle Nation. Thoughts, guys? I, I mean, I feel strongly that Hip Hopopotamus should be higher. So I'm having a hard time forming an opinion on these uh, this next tier of guys. All right. Well, let me tell you how it works. Let me tell you how it works, okay? So your participation is based on your transactions from last year. That is 5, 5% of your ranking, okay? Then you have your final ranking from 2017, or I'm sorry, from 2016, which is also 5%. Still a nine-ball call by you, bud, by the way. And then... The draft. Was on, I was only kind of insinuating that I really was curious about how you put the ranking together. I'm almost there. 35% has to do with your draft order, right? And then 55% is your current roster. So I'm just saying that's how it's set up. Just I'm just saying. So, so Bud, I too thought this was ridiculous. I called collusion multiple times, and then I asked for the raw data and a recount as well. And what I found out was the exact same thing. The way that this stuff is weighted, because I'm in the top two or three in every statistical category, however, this draft that's weighted at 35%, which makes no sense, and I'll back that up here in a second, takes me down and puts me in the seventh spot. Let's talk about the NFL draft for a second. Did the Patriots even draft in the first round or the second round, or did they continue to just trade down and down and down? because their roster is so stacked. Do you think that they'd put a 35% weight? I think they're looking for one or two players being in the championship the last two years to just push them over the top. Hope someone doesn't get lucky at the end. Thoughts? <laughs> yes, I have some thoughts on that. The Patriots don't have to fill 11 roster spots in order to be competitive in their league. Nor does Duck Cowboy. Uh, no, 
Yeah, you do. You have to. You have I would 16 be, roster spots. I would be curious of over the last 17 years of the Battle of the Willamette, what percentage that your keepers make of your total for each season and rank that. You can't rank heart. Yeah, that's true. You can't. Um. <laughs> I'd I'd like to I'd like to to motion that we move draft at thirty five percent to heart at thirty five percent, and then see what happens. Okay, that, uh, that's go, a good call. I go thirty two percent heart. Yes. Let me make a note of that. Justin, where would you measure grit and spit? I'm going to sixty forty. If we could get that on next year's ranking, grit sixty, spit forty. Just. Rank it 100%. All, all I know is with the roster I have and the track record I have, seventh hasn't happened. Okay, let, let, let me throw this out there. Let me throw this out there. Tell me what you guys think makes the right percentage or how do we determine power rankings during the offseason? What, what are the percents or what things should be considered? And let me take notes because you know what? Your guys' opinion really matters. Number one, 6%. Shirts off on a boat in Mexico. Two. Well, wait, 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 wait. That means that Gore's going to win because he's got McCoy on his team. No, no, there's lots of, you got time. You still have the summertime to get more shirts off in Mexico. <laughs> so it, it works out in my favor if socks and sandals. <laughs> okay, 6% socks and sandals. Got it. Justin. Yeah, I'm good with whatever you want to put in here because uh, you don't win titles in the power rankings preseason. So. <laughs> Whatever you guys want to do, I hope people chase uh, socks and sandals and shirts on the beach, skins in Mexico, could care less. No, but really what I'm trying to do, and you know this, is I'm trying to like make it, you know, how do we uh, get some excitement during the offseason when there's literally nothing happening? I, I, I love it. Think it's great. No, it's anytime you can, anytime you can get 676 Slack messages. <laughs> <laughs> When I have a day full of meetings and I'm waiting to find out uh, if there's practice tonight or not, I love looking at my phone 687 <laughs> times to see that IP has traded somebody or F you or I'm Irish. It's great. <laughs> okay. Agree, but it, 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 moves, it moves the needle. It's like clickbait, right? Sometimes you just throw some random garbage out there just to see who the guys on the league that'll bite. Clickbait. It is. All right, so we'll, which, we'll move which on. Is why, we'll move which on. is why you tried to needle Duck Cowboy and drop him down six slots when we all know where it's at. I, hey, listen, numbers don't lie, all right? And I, I don't know. Talk to the BW Live people. It's not me. I don't know. And Hip Hoppy Droppy is not like... <laughs> so. I don't think that's right, but sorry. I think it's Hip Dropopotamus. It's not. It's Hip Hopopotamus. <laughs> Droppy Woppy whatever. Just... Move on. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about dues because dues are due. So let me go down the list real quick of who's paid. All right. So obviously I paid. Okay. Duck Cowboys paid. He Thank got you. me paid. Irish Puddles paid. Bungle Nation paid. Great Odom's Raven paid. Products paid. Hawk Attack paid. Boss of Stranglers paid. End Zone paid. And Pursuit think, of Happiness paid. I think I know. Hip drop a lot of spots. <laughs> <laughs> is that who didn't uh let me let me check the stats Take away the one. did you not send that check so apparently there's been an accounting error in the hip hop adropomus uh accounting firm 
of Wes Weiss and Dorsey. That is a total nine ball move, bud. Two words, checks in the mail. Checks in the mail. Hey, bud, can you remind all the new people out there about hitting deadlines? What you said was very inspirational to everyone. It was early in the week. I felt like it was the right thing to say. Can you just repeat that again? Yeah, it's a little uh, little known fact that a, uh, a wise... Wise man with ill-fitting glasses told me at one point, early is on time, on time is late, and late is unacceptable. Yellow box, nine ball. So. You got that right. And even with that, hip bounced another check. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's good. I'm copywriting that. I'm taking that. I'm making it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. So basically what we're saying is that hip not pay apotamus, I guess. I don't, not it, sure. Not that cool. pay any of us. Yep, <laughs> not pay dues apotamus. I, that doesn't work either. I got my money in savings, but I got my checking. And I gotta, I gotta move my, from my savings to my checking. Mm-hmm. And then I can pay, but it takes a couple days. So. <laughs> well, whatever yeah. you and Jimmy gotta do. On it. All right. Okay. We're moving on to the trade. Let's talk about trades guys. So trades coming up in two weeks from Friday, right? So it's coming up and this is serious. This is the most exciting part of the whole year. Am I right? Yes. Trades, yes. trades, trades. For some people they peek at the trades. Yes. So let's talk about trades. So I want to talk about methodologies because it, here's the deal. Like with trades, I don't care what anyone says. Your keepers are the most important part of your roster. You can acquire players in four different ways. Just gonna throw this out there. So there's four ways. Obviously your keepers, you gotta get the best keepers possible. That is key, right? Then your draft, obviously you're gonna draft. We talked about that last time. My draft was terrible. Duck Cowboys was good, but I still won the championship. Then we talk about in season. Duck Cowboys drafts were great last year. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, one of them lost the bridge bowl and one of them lost the bitter bowl. So nice work. And then there's the in-season, you know, which is going to totally change this year, by the way, because we're going with a fab budget, which is totally different than what we've ever done. So we'll see what happens. And then trading, right? Trading is so important. I can't stress how important it is. So let me tell you how it works. Everyone, all you listeners out there, This is how trades work. So remember, you work it out with the guy that you're working with, right? So let's say Hip Hopopotamus is doing a trade, which is rare, right? We've seen it out there. (laughs) Every once, it's it's like the, what do you call it? Snipe, right? It's like like a snipe. We're Bigfoot out there. Hashtag. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like, you never know, right? And I don't know who leads the league in trades every year, but I think it's Duck Cowboy and Badonka Bronx. I'm just saying two most successful franchises in the history of the league by a mile. That's questionable. A mile. I know one well, is. One with the world championship, one without. I got it. Are we not laughing about that yet? I can't remember. No? Hadn't heard. Okay. Still too Perfect. soon. Then you send that final trade to the commissioner. Listen, if you want the com- if you want to ask the commissioner if it's a good trade, then all you've done is invite him into the equation. He's going to give you opinions every step of the way. It's probably going to take a lot longer it's probably not going to work out like you expected. So if the commissioner rejects a trade and you want to challenge the commissioner, it goes to the LTC or the League Trade Commission, right? And those guys can overrule the commissioner. But if it's done right, then the commissioner will send out a notification to the league 
saying what the trade was and all that kind of stuff. Is there anything I'm missing? I thought it was the LBTC. Yeah, LBGTQ. There's a Q or something there now. I think it's spelled D O double G. <laughs> what? That we're not just rapping? Sorry. No. So that's how it works, guys. So while we're talking about this, but tell me about your trade philosophy. Um, I like so I'm a big fan of listening to uh, people offer me less than market value for Le'Veon Bell. 2019 first round draft picks followed by cash. But if uh, if Andrew Luck doesn't uh, get a any lineman put in front of him, it might be uh, he might be on the block. Wow. Well, we weren't talking about that, but hello. Watch Absolutely. out. IP might make send you a trade offer tomorrow. Yeah. But I think that's a good point, bud, because essentially a lot of people, I think, sit with their A, you know, one, two A guys, and they sit there and they listen to all kinds of garbage. I don't think that anyone in this league, I wouldn't say anyone, I think the people that are willing to get trades done, they know that it's going to take something as far as another A or two A players and a bunch of stuff for the future. So I think that's how stuff gets done. What, what, I mean, what type of offer, no names or whatever, would you have to look at for a lady on Bell type? I don't, I don't know if there is an offer. He as my most consistent player every single week when he's not super high and on suspension. I don't, I don't, I think he would be the, he and Luck are the only ones. I mean, I just feel like there is, they're off the table. I don't, I don't know if I could entertain. I mean, I also, I'm a little sentimental. They were, uh, they were on my team when I, when I purchased the franchise. Um, It's kind of like my kids. You know, I don't, I'm not saying I've got a favorite, but I might have two favorites. It's making sense now why why you've dropped all those spots. I don't think that anyone should be untouchable. My thoughts but I, don't, I think that a lot of people don't understand what the value for some of those people. Constantly trying to stay at the top or get better and get younger in a keeper league, you've got to entertain stuff for people that are aging or have a history of arrest or injury. <laughs> yeah, no, and <clears throat> I think you make a good point. I think what well, people got to make sure they're not completely against trade offers, right? Like I, a lot of people will make statements like, hey, I won't trade this person, I won't trade that person, but you got to be looking at, I can trade draft picks or like think about what i had to do to get russell wilson from you bud i had to trade you like two years worth of first and third rounders to get him so i could get aaron Rodgers. you know like i struggled one year but then it worked out the next year but it's like you gotta always be thinking forward and in the current year yeah it's the it's the whole uh it's the whole la laker thing you gotta you gotta really hit rock bottom and catch fire and burst into flames you know before you can turn into that phoenix and rise from the ashes yeah, no, I get it. I get it. So, Justin, why don't you give us your trade philosophy? Uh, I, I don't think that anyone's untouchable. I think that it might, at least, I, and, and this, I think that other people would, would agree with this. I like to never shut down another team from trades in the future. So I like to believe that every trade that I have is fair or I weight it toward them if possible so that throw in a little something extra so that we can do talks again the following year year after. I don't know this for a fact, but if you look back, I've probably done a lot of trades with a lot of the same organizations over and over. I also like to look at organizations uh, lower down the totem pole um, and maybe give them something uh, of value, you know, for, for, for picks that ultimately uh, will help me. I don't have the starting spots, but um, potentially try and find another dime in the rough 
you know, a little bit lower. So I'm all about being active in the trading market. I think you have to be to be relevant in this league. Keeper leagues are played completely different. Otherwise, everyone ages another year. They're all getting older. Totally different mentality. Yeah, and I and I just I just want to throw in there that like, and and we'll move on after this. But it's like the teams that are more active in trading are more successful. That's the fact, right? Like the teams that are less less active in trading and the off season. I mean, you look at Meatloaf, you look at Tony's triple threat team. Yeah, I mean, just teams that aren't even in the league anymore. Like, believe me, they did, they didn't work it like they needed to. They weren't trying to improve. They they were looking to build their team out of the draft. And to be honest, you get into the draft and there's just nothing left, right? Those first two rounds, maybe, but then it's just like building your bench and looking for flyers and luck and all that. Yeah. In the draft, I'm just looking to see who, uh, you know, who are going to fill out my, my backups and my, uh, you know, those, those second tier players where we're just trying to really get after those, uh, the keepers. So, Hey, let's talk about one last thing. What's that? What's the guy for Buzz Fab? Buzz Fab. So I know, uh, I know all of the, uh, Battle of the Willameters are, uh, hot and heavy and ready to, uh, make waves like, uh, Duck Cowboy did last year with Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott and really make a big splash with that running back or, tight end or, or uh, wide receiver that's that's going to be that rookie of the year, that guy that's going to carry your franchise, is going to be your new keeper for your next dozen years here in the Battle of the Willamette. So I just wanted to run down. I know everybody's got their draft boards already pulled together, who they, you know, where they're going to choose from and who they want to get. I just uh, buzzed through the old MMQB. You want to make sure to give them credit on this podcast and just uh, just highlight some of our top ten who we think we will be seeing in our top 10 drafts uh, for fantasy football. So we're going to start with, uh, we're going to go 10 to one. So the, uh, the top 10 fantasy football rookie this year, uh, Zay Jones, uh, he's going to be the bills wide receiver out of East Carolina. He is going to be a replacement for a player I had on my team a few years ago, Sammy Watkins, who was traded to me by, uh, I think it was the honky tonky Bronx. Um, and, uh, just, he just couldn't stay healthy. So, uh, I know the bills are looking to, uh, shore up their receiving core and get, uh, get a new number one out there. So it could be, uh, could be someone good on the draft, uh, draft spot there. Uh, Yeah. I I disagree, but I don't, I don't think Zay Jones is a top 10. Come on. Why? I don't know. I don't feel good about Zay Jones. So the six, two Jones, a rookie target of East Carolina, Becomes a highly coveted fantasy target right away. Along with Watkins, he's complete he's competing against Philly Brown and Andrew Holmes. Well, that's pretty good, uh that's pretty good info. Thanks. The black and white grainy photo looks great. Number nine, David Nujoko. Najoko, that's it. Let's go. Najoko, Najoko, that's my Najoko. <laughs> <laughs> so uh brown's tight end apparently he's pretty good big guy uh six four big target who ranked uh highly uh only oj howard so another tight end they they say he could be as good as some other tight end uh number eight another uh uh evan ingram am i close on that one yeah no that's good it's just that's okay. a lot of tight ends 
No, no, that's, I mean, they're scoring just like wide receivers. Great target for an aging Eli Manning. Uh, he's got uh, big hands and a large frame that he can easily uh, put the football right in the breadbasket there. Apparently, there's a note that he's a strong blocker. We're getting points for that this year, right? Number no. seven, no? Oh. Number seven, Samarj Pirad, the Redskins running back. I think the only thing that's going to keep him out of the starting lineup is that he plays for the Redskins. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that'll hurt. All right. Um, this one is kind of a dodgy number six pick. Joe Mixon, we know he's uh, seen some troubles. He's a he's a YouTube sensation. Let's see. Uh, they are thinking that once he works his way through uh, being a backup, he may he may be a he may be a starter end of season or maybe next year. So this this pick would definitely be a a long play. This would be something if you were if you have a strong franchise that's willing to take the scrutiny. Um, of Joe Mixon, this this could be somebody that could be a real uh, real great keeper for next year. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Joe Mixon, like, listen, Joe Mixon's the first one that you've talked about that I would ever consider drafting, which I think is good. He was okay. actually the first name I recognized. <laughs> I guess it just depends on how many tight ends you have, CJ. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We only have one tight end position, so. Yeah, well... You got that flex. What's the uh, strategy on the flex? A lot. It's it's gonna be tight end heavy next year. Tight end heavy. A lot of throwing the ball around. I was just gonna say you should draft as many tight ends as you can. It's a good call. I mean, we're getting we're getting points for blocking this year, so right. Chop block two points. So Dalvin Cook uh, looking to be the replacement for the Vikings that uh, Adrian Peterson has left over the last few years over his suspensions and different things over the way. So you. You could be looking at a automatic plug-and-play running back um, coming out of camp. Let's see, number four, O.J. Howard, uh, another tight end. Surprise. Very tight end heavy. <laughs> Bud, is this like, uh, where'd you get all your info from? I, I already gave credit to the MMQB.com. This, I, I, I haven't heard of that. I yeah. pulled it up and hit print. Perfect. I did, I did print 75 pages because it goes deep. <laughs> okay. Another name you guys might recognize at number three. I felt like this pick is should have been closer to the top since he's such a uh, uh, a player that's going to play a lot of different spaces. Is uh, Christian McCaffrey uh, for the Panthers? Hopefully, he can uh, help uh, Cam Newton get his mojo back a little bit. Give him another target to uh, move some things around the uh, that player out of Stanford. What do you guys thoughts? Is he too small for the NFL? Is he going to work out? Dude, I love McCaffrey. Stanford kid, he's a Bronco kid. Like, he's all, he's legit. And yet, he went to the Panthers, which could have been the worst team for him to be drafted to. It's a horrible fit. <laughs> totally agree. Worst, worst place he could have gone to play. 100% agree. Hated it. Hated the pick. Hated it. Hated it. Uh, another name I'm not sure, sure about, uh, Corey Davis. Uh, out of Western Michigan, uh, strong number two for the Titans, um, wide receiver right behind Richard Matthews and Daniel Walker. Definitely a good top pick, but definitely not somebody that's going to generate a lot of points. And then uh, the number one overall pick, uh, Ezekiel Elliott of the 2017-2018 uh, fantasy football draft, Leonard Fournette, Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, listen, 
I I I agree in the order for the most part. I think that the top three guys are probably Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, and Corey Davis in some order. I think Leonard Fournette's probably the safest choice going to um, Jacksonville, and Jacksonville's loaded up in a lot of ways. Should be good, whatever. But I don't trust rookies. I think Zeke was a unique fit. I hope that I'm glad that people are looking at rookies. I'm glad that those two nine balls that are picking before me are going to pick rookies up. Like, I love that, you know, like it's great, but I don't trust rookies, not in a keeper league, not going to pick them up early on, especially McCaffrey, Corey Davis, bad situations. Yeah. I don't disagree, CJ. Sorry, bud. I'm jumping in again, but it's your segment. So I figured I'd offer a little bit of the, the feedback on this one. I, I think we got. I, I think that we got to be careful because I will disagree that in a in a keeper league, I think you do have to look at rookies. But looking at them as the first, you know, top whoa, one, whoa, two, whoa, three whoa, picks. Whoa, 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 You're disagreeing with me? Is that? I am. I, oh, dang, yeah. it. dang it! You have to look at rookies. That's how you stay young. But you do it in the last, you know, three, four rounds of the draft. You start to take a stab at some people that might pay off. I think that you're going to see the Ezekiel Elliott effect into this draft this year. Um, I'm sitting at number four myself. You're at three. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in front of us. There's going to be some temptation on some of these guys, but ultimately I think there's a lot of better players out there than what these guys are going to be. I said this, I said this before, but if you take Leonard Fournette as number one, the only thing that's holding it back is his own team. I agree. And Christian McCaffrey is in a bad spot. Whoa. Uh-oh. What have we got now? It's beautiful every single time. (laughs) And I want to talk about this NFL draft because, guys, NFL draft, was it not one of the greatest drafts we've ever seen? I don't know if it's just because we're so engaged to fantasy football these days, if the NFL has really got at this point, but I've never been as engaged to an NFL draft as I was, and it didn't let down. Uh, like I, I'll jump in there, but I think that this this draft was pretty interesting, right? Like he like we already talked about Fournette going. I think that's fantasy impact. Having Christian McCaffrey going to the Panthers is huge because that's gonna devalue Jonathan Stewart, but Cam Newton's gonna be big. And I'm telling you, Bungle Nation thinks he's gonna get a first round pick for Cam Newton, and that was certainly something that would help him with that. What do you think, Bud? Uh, it, it's definitely, it's going to be a trade, trade option in there for sure. Um, the draft, I was a little, I was a little less intrigued once, once the bears made that move and there was so much jockeying around, you know, they gave up too much. They gave up the franchise. Um, it, it fell after that. I, I felt like, um, uh, I feel like San Francisco kind of duped a lot of people. Um, they were really the big winners of the first 15 picks. Um, but, but after that, I, I mean, it kind of shook out the way we thought it was going to, but it was, I was not as excited about this draft as, as maybe I would have in the past. Couple, couple huge takeaways here for me. We saw offensive players going the whole top part of the first round. I mean, how many years has it been since we've seen that? We saw wide receivers. How many wide receivers? Three wide receivers yeah. taken in the Three. top taking the top nine it's we've never seen that before it's offensive linemen it's 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 people who protect the the quarterback it's the big defensive ends the game changers 
and these these uh, these offensive skill guys are supposed to be a dime a dozen. Again, maybe some of the Ezekiel Elliott effect and how it can and change your 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 uh, your team in, uh, in a year. But what I like to look at is not only where these guys are landing, but but how are they affecting the other positions, the other guys that people currently have on their rosters right now? Does it help their rosters? Does it hurt their rosters? Right. I mean, you look at a guy, John Ross, a wide receiver who's a Husky. So I hate him naturally, but goes to the Bengals way before he should have been drafted. This is a second round. This is a late first round, second round guy uh, going uh, uh, number nine to the Bengals. And what does that do for green? Does it open him up? You know, is that the strategy? We want to actually just take someone who's a speedster to kind of open up the other side. Be interesting to kind of see you know, what that did to IP, if he's still looking to move him, if he thinks it's more value, less value, you know, some of these different things. I, I We hit on Christian McCaffrey. I think it's uh, a stud running back would be fantastic with a handful of organizations. Would would, would, it would be a stud with a handful of organizations, would be a very solid player with a lot of others. Um, and the fact that he's there with Cam just doesn't make any sense with me in this power downhill running offense. Um, it's the it's the worst fit. I don't know what they're thinking there. I think they'd have been um, better fit with a different running back altogether. But um, kind of interesting how to see how it affects your team. You know, that currently opening up other players. Get your thoughts on that, guys. Having the Chargers draft Mike Williams was a bummer because I, you know you want Keenan Allen to be more valuable. I mean, Mike Williams is huge, right? He's like six four, six five, something like that. Like he's a big kid, and is he going to, how's that, how's that going to work with Tyrell Williams? And, you know, you've got two great tight ends in San Diego and that, you know, they, if, if they want to win their windows closing quickly, because, um, you know, Phillip rivers is only going to be around for another couple of years and they're going to be throwing the ball around, but then they've also got a, a decent running game. It's, it's, it's crazy. I, I, I agree. Like I, I, I looked at it on how it impacts my roster and, you know, that was a big impact to, you know, is that is that devalue Keenan Allen more than I liked? But I don't know what you think, Bud. You know, just revisiting it now, it's like I do, I do think there's some opportunity in some late rounds for people to pick up um, some of these rookie quarterbacks that may be forced to start, or that they might stash away and do a keeper into a, a next year or the year after that, where you know where where an Aaron Rodgers got to sit behind far for so long maybe some of these young guys are going to be able to not be forced right into the games this year and they can learn a little bit come out next year better on you know better for it and maybe that's a late season trade or maybe that's somebody that works in to your top 5 keepers so a lot of a lot of top level quarterback options probably one of the biggest takeaways for me in a team that got infinitely better was the fall of OJ Howard, a tight end bud. Um, so OJ Howard and how he fits in with the Buccaneers, because that team already with the tight end braid on the other side and the receiver core that they have was, was unstoppable for the young quarterback. So it's interesting to see, I know Gore was happy uh, to see that draft pick, the value that he got out of his young quarterback. Very interesting to see there. Well, I, I like the idea of lots of tight ends, like Bud saying, and more tight ends, the merrier. And when it comes to fantasy football, you want as many tight ends as possible. Am I right, Bud? Yeah, Gronk fully recovered. I don't know if you saw that he took the uh, the press conference by storm when they went to the White House. He kicked Spicer. What a nine ball. 
What a freaking nine ball. He answered the questions. He was like, yeah, I have six abs. I think he covered it. And he's now dating a, a cheerleader. It's so it's so gronk. My last takeaway for the jibber jabber is a guy named Taco Charlton. Fire up. Oh no. How about them cowboys? <laughs> Taco. Hey Taco. 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 What a dumb name. Anyways. All right. Hey. So uh, that's it for today, guys. I think we're uh, we're done for today. But hey, listen. If any of those listeners out there want to be part of the podcast, hit up the league office. And we'll get you in touch with our producer, Taylor, who's also our intern. You can give her your topic, why you should be on the show, and she'll let you know if you make the cut. All right, guys. Have a great week. We'll see you after the trading starts. Have a good night. Peace. Hippopotamus out. Hip taco eponymous. Hip no slow no miss. (laughs) We're out. (laughs) 